This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Here we are kicking off hour number two of Unnecessary Roughness live from the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino preparing for Monday Night Football. The Cowboys and the Eagles. That's a good one on paper. I'm excited about this game. Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Mari Cooper, and whoever else the Eagles have on the on their offensive side of the ball. The Eagles are always that team to me that are kind of – Strange. They just have a, 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 a just a bunch of guys, right? They just have a bunch of guys out there. They don't really have the marquee dudes anymore, but they still find ways to get it done. So it's an NFC East little battle. I know a lot of folks, probably their fantasy team, probably has a lot to do with this this game coming up tonight. Maybe they're bragging rights in the office if they uh, if they're doing a pick'em contest like myself and Demon are. Maybe this game is is depending on it. Who knows? It's going to be a fun game, though. I'm excited about it. Kicks off 515. We'll be here at the Oyo Hotel and Casino to check out all the action, plus hook you up with the best seat in the house, get you hooked up with some nachos for four, going to get you hooked up with some beverages for, well, however many. We're going to hook you up. Just come on by, hang out with us, plus we've got a ton of prizes for you, including some Hooter Girl calendars. Jess been trying to check it out, but, you know, we're, we're also leaving some for, for, for you as well, so. We're checking out the goods, but we're saving some for you as well. We got my guy, Zachariah. He's in the building. He's going to join us in just a couple seconds. We're going to go to Ray and Modesto. He's been very patient on the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Ray, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show, my man. Thanks, Q. Just got a quick question. Okay. What do you think about uh, the fans uh, being loud when the offense is out there? I don't know if you notice it when you're out on the press box. Yeah, no, I, I thank you for the call. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that, and and you see, the Legion Stadium is trying to do their due and try to uh, have the quiet please on the on on the board, you know, on the scoreboard. But I'll say this: um, there was a lot of Miami Dolphin fans there. There was a lot of Dolphin fans that got really loud. Fourth and twenty conversion. All of a sudden, it got loud. You know, and when when the Dolphins were coming back, it was getting loud. So yeah, I thought that too. Yeah. Yeah, it. Dolphin fans did a good job of, of making some noise as well. All right. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate you. Good stuff. Good stuff. And now, without further ado, my man's been getting a lot of love on the on Twitter, on on the phone lines, on the text line. Zachariah. What's, what's poppin'? What's up, man? Brand new whip just hopped in. <laughs> <laughs> That's my guy. You, if you recognize the name Zachariah, used to be rocking the airwaves in the Bay, 95.7 The Game. He's here with us. And, and you got a lot of things. What you got going on? You got some things. You got some podcasts going on. Yeah, you, you know, here, there, shaking and moving. You know I what I'm saying? You. Doing my thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find everything at Zach Sports, Z-A-K Sports on Twitter. That's where you can follow me. Uh, get the updates on that. But, man, I got, I got, all, I, I got all kind of stuff. Let so, me know, man. How was Allegiant Stadium? I mean, you, uh, we, you we, actually led into it perfectly. Yeah. Because the first thing that I wanted to bring up to you, first of all, yeah. Allegiant Stadium. Yes. Mwah. Yes. Mwah. Yes. They did that well. Yes. Fa- I mean, the whole thing, like everything that was in there, all the events that's around. I mean, it was, it, it's, it's easy to get to. You got that little overpass, kind of like if, if there's people from Oakland that are listening. Oh, they are. Kind of like that overpass from Bart. From Bart. When you go to, yeah. Yep. And they got the overpass over the freeway. Yep. Uh, the stadium was it's not huge. 
It's not like this huge thing where it's like too much yeah. almost. You not know? so far. Yeah, it's yeah. almost kind of not quaint, but, you know, it's, it's, it's comfortable and it's nice. And I was sitting in the worst seat in the house. I was literally three <laughs> rows from the highest seat that you could possibly sit okay, in. Okay. And my seat was still great. Right. Seat was still great because they built it kind of like the San Francisco Giants built their stadium. Right. You build it up. Yep. You don't build it out. Exactly. And that's that the way key. you don't have a bad seat. Yep. Um, but you were talking about the Dolphins fans being loud. Yes. I saw a and lot you got of family, and you got family that, yes. that was in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My cousin's a hardcore Dolphins fan. Yep. Uh, Reza from actually from 95.7, uh, head of sales over there. Um, he, he's a Dolphins fan too, and he went. I saw a lot of teal and orange. Yes. But that's what I wanted. That was the first thing that I wanted to bring up to you because it's Vegas. And every fan base, let's say you live in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Right. You're telling me you're not going to have an excuse to go to Vegas to go see the Packers play the Raiders? Exactly. So That's I'm, natural. I'm wondering how much of the, how much of the home field advantage is going to be affected by that. Because Raider Nation was loud, even when they were down 14 nothing. Right. But how much are you going to get, like, as opposed to other stadiums, how much are you going to get the other fan bases in there because it's just a reason to go to Vegas? Right, no doubt. I mean, I saw – You probably talked about that preseason. I saw, Yeah, absolutely. But I saw guys walking around with a LT Chargers jersey on. I uh, saw guys walking around with a Chiefs jersey on. Yeah. I mean, there was just – if they were going, they said, hey, we're in town. Let's go to a football game. And yeah. What jersey do I have in my closet? Oh, that one. Let me have it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's a factor. But as you heard, the Dolphin fans were loud. Mm-hmm. But the Raiders – fans were way loud. I mean, it was super loud. So For I, sure. So I feel you like... You don't think it's going to have a big effect. I don't think it's going to have a big effect, but, yeah. you know, winning winning is, a, is, a, is an element to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? If, yeah. you, if they feel like this is a team that is going to be winning, then, of course, it's going to be... Raider Nation's going to be there. They're going to be loud and proud, but, yeah. I mean, don't go on a super long losing streak, then all of a sudden yeah. the tide could change. Yeah, but. so I took some time, went around the stadium. Good. Obviously, the torch... I mean, it's always nicer when it's a real flame, but you right. can't do that indoors. No, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I love the Al Davis torch. They got, you know, entertainment everywhere. So the stadium, I give it, you know, nine and a half out of ten. I mean, it was, it was a fantastic experience. Again, there's not a bad seat in the house. I couldn't have had a worse seat, and my seat was still really good. Could see the game very clear. Uh, so I love that part of it. And then, yeah, you know, see, saw a lot of orange and teal, but in general, Raider Nation was loud. I, I, I was – I was particularly impressed with the Raider Nation when they were down 14-0. Right. Because Derek Carr throws that pick six. Man. Gruden goes for it on fourth and one. Right. They don't get it. Dolphins rush it in. 14-0, they very easily could have like just that. packed it in, and it could have been quiet. Yep. But you wouldn't have known it. You would have thought it was a tied game, 14-0, right. next possession. So I was impressed with that. But the slow starts, Q, how much – How they can't keep getting away with this. No, you got to get better at that. You've yeah. got to get off to better starts, and you've got to finish stronger. Yeah. I mean, you really do. Now, they had a couple quarters where they were dominant. I mean, they ran off 25 points. Of course. You know, and that After was great. That, yeah. great. that yeah. was great, but you've got to find a way to start yeah. that way, B- and you got to close the door. Baltimore and Pittsburgh, too. This, right. was the, this was the ninth straight game the Raiders failed to score on their first possession. Right. They just – they get out of the gate – Late and I, I rewatched the game. Yeah, to watch that car pick. Right, because in live time I didn't even see a receiver. Now when I went back, I saw Renfro was in the vicinity. Right, still a terrible pass. He and, wasn't hit on that. Well, and then Moreau too. Moreau was he basically stopped on the route, but yeah. Carr said after the game that it was a, a decision route where he had to make a decision to go one way yeah, or the other, I'm sorry. and well, he didn't yeah. and he didn't throw it. He threw it before he made the decision. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, you, I, know. you know, in live time, it looked like there was just nobody in the vicinity. But, yeah, I mean, and, and then I thought he got hit. But he, right. didn't, he didn't even get hit on the play. So, yeah, the slow starts, I don't know if they're going to continue to be able to overcome them. But right. uh, overall, a win's a win. Yep. If you want to play Debbie Downer, right. you could say the Dolphins were missing Tua. They're playing their backup quarterback. Was I think Jacoby was actually better. 
I think. He's got a lower ceiling. Okay. You know, like, I got you. I, I got think you. Tua could be a star, but he's a China doll. He gets hurt. Right. Um, yes. You know, yes, Brissett played well, but I think he's like your perfect backup. Right. He's your perfect if you have to – kind of like Mariota if he ever right. stayed healthy. If he ever stayed yeah. healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, but, um, yeah, I mean, and then also you could say if that P.I. was called in overtime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it we're was having on, a totally on different Abram, discussion. Yeah, on Abram yeah. in the end zone. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's clearly a P.I., but I, I appreciated the fact that the officials – and I would have said this if it had been Miami – I appreciate that they didn't affect the game at the end. Yeah. You know what no, I mean? No, I agree. I, you know, I usually err on the side of not, right. of not meddling. Um, it was w- – when you slow it down, it looks really bad. Yeah. In live time, I kind of agree with not throwing it. Right. Uh, but, yeah, bottom line is 3-0. Who cares? Like Gruden said after the game, I'm not apologizing for any of these wins. I don't care how we get it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So, what? I mean, as a guy who covered – you covered the Raiders when you yeah. were in the Bay all yeah. the time. And Pre they and were post there. game. Pre and post yeah. game. You were at the Coliseum all the time. You were talking to many a Raider Nation. Mm-hmm. Does this team, and I hate to always reference this, but going back to 2016, which was the last time they were in the playoffs, does this team to you have that same kind of feel of a team that just finds ways to get it done? Here's the big difference, Q. I've ne- okay, and I've, you know, I listen to the Raiders Locked On podcast right. all the time. Right. Um, so I know that you and I are pretty much synced in when it comes to our thoughts on Derek Carr in terms of where he's at. I right. mean, there's, there's – Guys that hate him. Yep. There's guys that are apologists for him or people call him apologists or whatever. I right. think you and I are, are the same, that he's not the issue. He's right. not the problem. Exactly. And it, through the first three games, he's shown, especially second half, fourth quarter, overtime, he's shown what he can do. And right. he's, he's taking hits. He's shown that he's tough. He's taking chances downfield. Um, the difference, though, Q, is not that. Carr's the same dude. Yeah. Gruden's calling the same offense. The running game, whatever, offensive line, they've had to shift some stuff around. Difference is the defense. Defense, no doubt. It's the defense. No doubt. And it's Quinn coming. I mean, the the whole defensive identity is totally different. And that, to me, when you ask me that, that's what separates them from right. the past from the past couple of years. Because 2016, the defense wasn't good, but it yeah. created a lot of turnovers. 26th or something. Yeah, yeah. Th- their yeah. turnovers, they were, I think, first in the league in creating turnovers, yeah. which is a big deal, obviously. But this defense, I feel like, at least when they were down 14 nothing, I said, you know what, the defense is going to get on the field and they're going to get the ball back. And then Casey Hayward makes a play. Yeah. And that got everybody going. That kind of jump-started the offense that, like you said, got out to a slow start. 14 nothing, Q, though, but let's not get it twisted. That wasn't 14 nothing on the defense. Right. First of all, seven points just by car. Handed to him. Yeah, 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 seven points by car. So yep. wipe that. And then the other seven was Gruden going for it and then giving them great, you know. 34 great, yards yeah, away. Great exactly. field position. So exactly. you can't even and, – and for them to hold it, and allow the offense to run off 25 straight. Right. To me, that's the biggest difference. If the defense continues, and you know what it is? Edge rushers. Yes. I mean, you got Crosby and uh, Ngakwe, and yep. you got and, and that just changes everything. Yep. It all of a sudden makes the job a lot easier in the middle. Um, and, yeah, that's been the biggest difference. Linebacker play has been improved. Uh, secondary play has been improved. And, yeah, I mean, that's to me that's the biggest difference between this year and the past couple of years. So, yeah, I think, it's a, I, I think there's a reason why they're 3-0. These are – there's been three games where they could have lost. Absolutely. And in past years, they might have lost or would have lost. I think last but, year they lose these games. Yeah. They might have won the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. But I don't think that they win Baltimore, and I don't think they win yesterday. Yeah. yeah. I, just, I just don't. And a lot of that stuff is going to translate because over the course of the season, you're going to have games where you get handily beat or you handily beat another team. Right. But these in-between games, that's like the biggest – I mean, that's what is the difference between a playoff team and a non-playoff team. So the fact that they're getting them early. Right. Especially in – you know, I heard somebody talking about – the Broncos and how how easy their schedule's been. Right. Raiders are playing those teams. Right. So, I mean, they're getting the hard games out of the way. Exactly, exactly. And I've said it so many times. You beat the teams you're supposed to on your schedule. Yeah. The Broncos have done that. 
Yep. They've done that. I'm not going to fault them because they have a schedule where they had three teams that seemed pretty easy. Yep. Fine. Because a lot of people in Raider Nation that called this very show said that Miami was going to be very easy, and they weren't. Yeah. And you know, I mean, you know, again, Miami is not a team that was just going to fold well, and just go away. Backup quarterback, but uh, I believe in their GM. I believe in their coach. Yes. Uh, Brissett, like I said, I wouldn't want him as a starter, but I would want him number one as my backup quarterback. Right. But their defense is stout. Stolid, uh, solid, we all yep. know about uh, Xavier Howard, you yep. know, all down the line. Flores is a Belichick yep. uh, disciple. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't an easy game. And the Dolphins um, – I was doing my – they were like 4-15 and 15 in the last 19 games against right. the Dolphins. The Dolphins have had the Raiders' number. Yeah, yeah. And it was starting to feel like that game. It felt it like got, it again. Yeah. It felt yeah. like it again yesterday. I thought, oh, here we go again. You yeah. know, you just saw you saw what happened last year. Fitzmagic comes in and makes some incredible plays. Throws a crazy throw, yeah, and, gets and they a, lose, yeah. Yeah, incredible penalty on Arden you thought that. Thought it time's was running again. down. Brissette yep. runs it in. They get the two-point conversion. You're like, here we go again. Yeah, Exactly. And it might have been that again if that if that P.I. was called. But, but back to the defense – uh, my buddy was texting me, Raiders defense ranks 8th against the pass, but 29th against the run. Right. And his point is, because there's such an emphasis on passing, right. that it's more important to be <laughs> good Solid against the against pass than it is yeah. against the run. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know Barber ran for 100 yards, but that's rare in, right. in 2021 for the right. running back to get 100 yards. So, And the Dolphins, they went for, what, 133 as a team, I think? They yeah. went for 133. And so that was one of my keys to the game. Hey, you got to slow down the run. Make mm-hmm. them one-dimensional. Make Brissett. I mean, for a while – Brissett only threw for 89, 90 yards, and all of a sudden it just like it just opened up and yeah. started clicking and started yeah. opening it up. So, yeah, uh, yeah good Hell stuff, man. Hell of a man. game, though, man. Yes, yes. I mean, <laughs> uh, one of the callers called in and said, did you have a what? Uh, oh, a, a defibrillator, like, a, a defibrillator, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was one of those ones where both fan bases were freaking out. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I know there was a lot of Dolphins fans that th- thought it was over when the Raiders stopped them on fourth. But then they get the three and out. Conservative right. play call, we could talk about that, whatever. Right. I understand you got to bleed the clock. Um, but then, yeah, Brissett marches them down. You're sitting there going, here we go again. Then they right. trade field goals. But just, I mean, great work by Carr to get them down there to get the field goal to, you know, to end to win the game. Yeah. But fourth and 20. Fourth and 20. Fourth and 20. The game's over. Yeah. The game's over, right? Well, Gusecki was killing them yeah, all he was, day The long. whole game, yeah. He had a, he had a monster game. That's something that the, the defense needs to look at, the tight end play. Right, and that's going to be on film now. That's going to yeah. be on film For now. Sure. You know, moving forward, there's going to be other tight ends saying, hey, I can eat. Well, especially when you're in – the division with Kansas City and Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. And, yeah. yeah, Kelsey's sitting there licking his chops. Exactly. Like, Gusecki's doing that? Watch me see what I could do. <laughs> right, but, exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. No, so, great yeah, game. It was. It really was a good game. And, of course, the Raiders came out with the 31-28 overtime victory. 316 is the time. When we come back, I got more of my guy, Zachariah. He's in the building here at the Underground Lounge Holla. inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino Monday Night Football action. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Back to Unnecessary Roughness live from the Oyo Hotel and Casino Underground Lounge. And we are back, just like that. That's why Jeff is by our side. <laughs> Jeff makes sure that we stay on point. Yeah. <laughs> Needed that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> My <laughs> language is getting a little racy. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. happens. We're at the Underground Lounge here inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're having a good time. Monday Night Football is going to happen tonight. The Cowboys and the Eagles on one of the many TVs that they have here. Of course, we're going to have it all hooked up. Plus, we're going to be hooking you up with a bunch of prizes. So come on by and hang out with us. Uh, we'll be glad to see you and get, glad to get you hooked up. And right now, I got my guy, Zachariah. He's uh, riding shotgun with me right now. And I definitely appreciate you hanging out, my man. And My pleasure. I got something for you, by the way. Okay. What you got? Are we talking about potentially... Okay, so I gave the that little, P word. I'm scared of the P word. Hold okay, on, man. Okay, okay. All right, go ahead. 
I gave the uh, I gave the negative Nancy slant right. For sure, for Dolphins sure. backup quarterback. Right, could have called the PI. That could've. game would have been over. Yeah, because little... it would have been first and goal from the one. Right, that would have been Dolphins yeah. would have punched it in. Game would have been over. For but sure. If I want to be positive, Pete. Now, okay, all right, all right, Nancy. switching it up. That's what I like. Let's go. Are, are we talking about potentially the MVP and Derek Carr and the Defensive Player of the Year and Crosby on the same squad? Um. Have you seen the numbers? I mean, I have. I don't want to be stat guy. Right, right, right. I, I, yeah, I know the same. I know the. I know the numbers are out there. I know that Crosby's doing some big things, but I think, and this is the only thing I know: the hits and the hurries and all that are, are there. Yeah. But the completed sacks. sacks aren't yeah. there yet. Yeah. You know, he only has two that he got week one. But man, he's been close so many times, and I hate to be that guy. He's been close. People are getting, but people are getting a lot more into the intricate stats. For and sure. It's less about sacks, kind of like in baseball. It's less about average. It's your own. Right. Yeah. You know. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in terms of car, he's thrown for one thousand two hundred and three yards. Leads right. the league. Right. On pace for 6,800 for the season. Okay? Now yeah. it's going to be a 16-game season, 17, 17 weeks, 16 right. games. Um, but Manning has the record at 5,477. Now, even if it was a 16-game season, Carr would be on pace for 6,400 yards. Okay. Like, on pace, like, damn near 1,000 yards he's going to beat him by. Right. So, I mean, we could be talking about MVP there. and then Could in ter- be. In terms of Crosby – and, again, it's pressures. It's not sacks. Right. But 21, next one is Harold Landry at 19. Three players tied at 16. Uh, most QB hits, 21. Right. Crosby. So hits, pressures, I mean, right. all that stuff affects the play. For sure. I know sack is like the sexy stat. but Of course. I mean, know. Chandler Jones had five week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Miles one Garrett week. had four and a half yesterday. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. – so those kind of numbers are going to get uh, – they're also going to be part I'm of it. I'm just saying, in theory, I mean, we're talking about uh, yes. at least this. They're in the discussion. I'm Absolutely. not saying they're the MVP yeah. and the defensive player of the year, but right. they're in the discussion. Well, and, and the thing about it is Carr, you know, uh, is a quarterback that's been hammered so much. He's all of a sudden getting all this, this attention. And Crosby is a, f- a former fourth-round pick. Yep, yep. You know, everyone talks about Cleve Furrow, the number four overall pick, and how that wasn't a good pick. Mm-hmm. But not enough people, I think, shine enough light on the fact that Crosby was a great pick. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing. People you know? place so much emphasis on first-round picks. Right. Whether it's good or bad. Right. They're always going to get more attention. But, I mean, if you have a bad first-round pick, it's just as – actually, it's better right. to get a good fourth-round pick because you're paying him less money on the rookie contract. Y- you are. And the only problem <laughs> with that is that his contract's going to be up sooner yeah and so you know the Raiders are gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do yeah or how much they're gonna pay him I shouldn't say figure out what they're gonna do how much they're gonna pay him yeah. uh next you they know. know what they're gonna do yeah exactly exactly <laughs> what's I got the this, number gonna be I got this tweet that I want to share with you okay uh this is from S Jonas he's a he's a faithful listener to the show I always love his contributions but I was talking about the Broncos being three and oh and you beat the teams that are on your schedule he said win breaks NFL record First team to go 3-0 and versus three teams that won at least 10 games season before. He's talking about the Raiders. By the way, if I, if I have a dollar for every time I've heard that today, I'd be a millionaire. Right. <laughs> we, we could go I mean, over, it's a fun stat. We can go over to any of these machines <laughs> and, and have a good time. <laughs> yeah. Or the blackjack table. No, I mean, it is, a, it is a good stat. Right. Okay, so he goes on. Broncos 3-0 and versus three teams that combined for an 0-9 record. All teams drafted in the top four picks in the NFL draft. Come on, Q. Not the same at all. But it is the same. They're 3-0, and and at some point, like you pointed out, the Raiders have to play those same teams. It's yep. not like they're avoiding them. Yeah. It's not like the Raiders only have tough teams to play. You can't – the Broncos can't help who the hell's on their schedule and when they're on there. Yeah. You can't help it. But – Your job is to go and beat the teams that you're supposed to, and they did. Okay, but to, to, to back him up, the tweeter, I don't right. know who he is. S. Jonas. Yep. S. Jonas. Uh, you, 
you do see a difference between the Raiders yes. 3-0 and the Broncos 3-0. Right. Yeah. But all that matters at the end of the day is the 3-0 and and the 3-0. I got you. Right now, they're both tied for first in the AFC West. But yes, That's what matters. True. But talk to me when the Raiders play those three Garbanzo exactly. teams. And then talk to me when the Broncos play the Steelers, Dolphins, and, um, uh, and Ravens. Right. I agree. I agree 100%. It all, wash, it all works out in the wash. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're going to get the same teams. Yeah. You just got to handle your business. And so far, the Broncos have handled their business. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hell, the Jets were terrible last year, and the Raiders almost took an L to them. It yeah. took them to the last play of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any given Sunday. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, you see Look, this stuff I mean, all the time. The Lions damn near beat the Ravens yesterday. And you're telling me that the Lions are better than the Ravens? The Lions, no. The Lions damn near came back and beat the Niners. Right. Down like 100 to nothing in the first quarter. So, yeah, I the mean. The Jaguars yeah. were beating the Cardinals yesterday for a minute. Of course. But I do think in terms of taking it with a grain of salt, you do have to look at the Raiders three and zero, and it's a lot more impressive than the donkeys. It's, it is. As, as it is definitely. It's definitely more. What's the donkey impressive. thing, by the way? <laughs> is it like an inside joke or something? It's, no, it's just. It's just the, instead, instead of a Bronco, instead of Bronco a donkey, it's a donkey. Because yeah. the donkey's considered less than a Bronco. Because the donkey's an ass. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. I didn't put that together. Demond's like, what are you doing, Q? <laughs> uh, but it, no, I mean, I get his point. I do. I. I'm not trying to diminish what he's saying. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm just saying it's a long season, and you can't. And there's five teams right now that are three and zero. Yep. And you're one of them, so just enjoy that. Of Who course. cares? Of course. About the about the win, because look, if the Raiders take an L to one of those three teams, then what's the conversation gonna be like? Yeah. Then what happened? Yeah. Yeah. What if the Jets beat them? Then what? <laughs> they better not lose. Jets look well, so I mean, bad. Yeah, they, the Jets look so they bad. They do. They look terrible. Yeah. But, yeah. again, could happen. It could happen. Could happen. Any, any given Sunday. Any right. given Sunday. Um, to go back to Carr, my buddy was also uh, – we were going back and forth talking about what, like, what the biggest difference has been. In, in 2019, he was last in the league among QBs with an average depth target of 6.6 yards. In 2020, he jumped to 8.9, which was sixth in the league. This year – 9.9, second in the league. Wow. Now, is that – That's is impressive. That, is that – now, do you think that's Gruden trusting Carr more? I think, it's, I think it's a combination. I'm glad you asked that question. I think it's a combination of Gruden trusting Carr and Carr trusting his weapons. Because he said uh, that so many times this offseason that he now believes in Henry Ruggs. He now believes in Brian Edwards, yeah. that they'll go make the play. He's always believed in Hunter Renfro. He's obviously believes in Darren Waller. But those guys – and you saw it yesterday. He's throwing that 50-50 ball. He's throwing that ball that so normally. You're saying, you're saying this, this has less to do with Gruden trusting Carr more and more to do with Carr trusting his weapons more. Right. Because I did hear him talking about that. He was saying it's not just been the regular season. It right. was preseason. It was camp. Right. Like he's seen all the work. Yep. And now it's paying off. Right. So you think it has more to do with that? Interesting. Yep. Yep. Because yeah. I feel like Gruden's starting to do more. Like, we, you know, right. we've been talking about that fourth and one. Something that he probably wouldn't have done before. You know, you were talking about earlier, all you guys that were saying, Gruden needs to go for it more. Gruden right, needs to right. don't, you know, don't uh, cry about uh, – I, I chose my words carefully. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good looking out. Good looking out. I don't want your producer to yell at me. <laughs> yeah, uh, good looking out. Don't cry about him doing it now. So, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure it's probably – uh, a percentage of both, but yeah, you're probably right. I mean, yeah, Carr's definitely taking more chances, no doubt, and, and, I, and you're I, seeing the results. I got a shout out to uh, Stackanova and Jack real quick on Twitter. They they uh, pointed out and and good looking out. Uh, the Broncos are playing a last place schedule, so the Raiders don't play the Jets or the Jags. So that's fine. That's that's so. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good. Not so going to play either. Yeah, so they're not going to play those two teams. But gotcha. whatever, they have to play. They have to win the games that they're supposed to, and yeah. that's what the Broncos did. So they're sitting at three and zero. I'm clearly not pulling for the Broncos. I'm not saying that they're a really good team. Matter of fact, I don't even believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't even think he's a very good quarterback. But 
He's done what he had to do so far. I mean, this this division, everybody talks about the NFC West. Right. This division is a damn good Herbert, division. Herbert, Mahomes, yeah. and, and now with Denver. I mean, all they needed was a competent quarterback. They got that now, and with Carr making right. the jump, this division, I mean, God, you'd rather be in, like, the South or something, you know? <laughs> right. Maybe the AFC South or something. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, the AFC South would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it is what it is. So, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. I do appreciate that. Uh, you just, you know, again, you just play the teams that are on your schedule and you beat the ones you're supposed to in the 50-50 games. You hope that you Bottom line are Q, better than 50-50. Three and oh. oh. Those are the only three words you need to know. That's it. Three and oh, baby. That's the way to go the ahead. The Raider Nation was popping yesterday. I mean, I know there's a lot of great fan bases. Yes. Dallas Cowboy, blah, blah, blah. Nobody does it like I took pictures with every single different uh, they had like uh, with the, the Terminator. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The, yeah, the, the different. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, they got all the best characters. It, it was a great time out there yesterday. There it goes. Well, I definitely appreciate you hanging out here with us. Three twenty-nine yes, is the time. When we come up, come back. I'm going to turn my attention to the L.A. Dodgers as my guy Tim Neverett. He's the play-by-play for radio and TV for the Dodgers. He's in town. He's got a book signing coming up, so we want to show a little love to him uh, on his book signing. Plus, talk about the Giants and the Dodgers. It's a nice little race that they got going on. Mm-hmm. Both teams over hundred wins. You kidding me? We'll talk about that next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's why Q, of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. It's nothing like hearing from Lester Hayes, the judge. He was great when he joined the show late last week. That was a lot of fun. Still have people talking about that interview. So uh, great job, Damon, with that rejoiner. Uh, we are on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, live at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. And our next guest is not about the Raiders, it's about the Dodgers. He's the play-by-play radio and TV voice, Tim Neverett. And, Tim, we do appreciate you, and it's so funny, man. I mean, baseball rivalries are so deep that I mentioned that uh, you were coming up next to talk some Dodgers, and a, a Giant fan hit me up and said, the second-place Dodgers queue would prefer a segment <laughs> on the fungus growing in the OCO bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, you know, they get their first taste of first place in, I don't know, a decade or better, so... Uh, and then the, it's like they've been there the whole time. So, <laughs> you, you know, that's just what the rivalry is all about. It's just they're in an unusual situation for the Giants, and, you know, they're enjoying it for now. There's still a chance mathematically to be caught. Uh, so don't count your chickens until game number 162 is played. Right, and I'll tell you this, Tim. It's amazing. I mean, you want to talk about a heck of a race. Both teams have 100-plus wins, I mean, and, and unfortunately have to be in the be- in the same division against each other because, man, those are the two best records in baseball. I mean, this this is a hell of a battle going on this season between the Giants and the Dodgers. Yeah, it is. And I think everything's going to get settled this week one way or the other. The math is not in the Dodgers' favor. Uh, it's still mathematically possible. I mean, basically, let's just say the Dodgers win the next six. they got to win out. And if they win out, then the uh, the Giants would have to go four and two for the Dodgers to tie them, three and three for the Dodgers to to pass them and win the division. If they tie them, then the Dodgers have to fly to San Francisco, play a tiebreaker game. And if the Dodgers were to lose that, uh, then the Giants would win the division. But the Dodgers would have to fly back to L.A. right away and play the wild card game next. So Ooh. nobody wants that tiebreaker game. Nobody really wants the wild card game. But if the Dodgers have to have it, at least it's going to be at, um, 
Dodger Stadium. And once you get past the wild card game, uh, let's just say they get past the wild card game, then all bets are off. It's equal. Yeah, the Giants have home field, but it's still it's the division series, and anything can happen in the postseason. Help me with this, Tim. I was in the Bay Area during the Giants' magical runs, 2010, 2012, 2014, the even years, and there was at least kind of explainable reasons. You had Lincecum, you had Bumgarner, you had Posey. This Giants team, with the Dodgers, you can name a bunch of different players that any casual baseball fan can, can rile off. With the Giants, it's like a couple of guys that were still hanging around from that run, but in general, it's not the payroll that the Dodgers have. From your Dodgers' perspective, how the hell are the Giants doing this? Smoke and mirrors, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I mean, it's you know, what, what it is is everybody's having a career year at the same time, and that's what it takes. Mm. Um, you know, I saw that in Boston in 2018 when I was with the Red Sox. Not only did, was everybody having, a, you know, basically a career year, but they were, you know, pulling games out of their backside. That's what the Giants have done. I mean, they've snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat I don't know how many times. Uh, they just don't quit. They keep hitting. They hit a lot of home runs, which is different for the Giants. So something's changed in their philosophy because they're hitting a lot more home runs this year uh, than they ever have. So, um, you know, they're, they're having the best season in franchise history, perhaps, in terms of the regular season. You know, you tip your cap to them. But the bottom line is, uh, you know, if they do win the division, and the chances are good that they will, you know, great. They'll just sit and wait. And then uh, when the division series comes around, they'll – probably get a taste of uh, the Cy Young winner and Max Scherzer and see how that treats them. But uh, at the Smack same time, talk, Tim. It's, a, it's, a, it's a great rivalry. I know. It's a great rivalry, and uh, it's fun, and I love, the, I love the fan conversation about it. And the fact that they're both good, because the Giants, let's face it, they haven't been all that good the last several years, okay? Right. And great. They're, they're, they're having a great season, and they're letting everybody hear about it. Um, you know, the Dodgers won eight straight division titles, and – you know, uh, they, they could win another, or they could come in a close second here, but uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I look at this season, guys, and I say, this extra innings rule killed the, the Dodgers this year because they just didn't figure it out, you know, in time, and they ended up, you know, losing a ton of extra innings games. If they'd gone 500, or even two games under 500 in extra innings, the Dodgers would already have probably clinched the division. Wow, you know, wow. That's, that's when you look at the math. You can look at a million things in baseball. Yeah. You can look at all kinds of numbers, but that's the one I like to look at and say, if you know, if they had beaten uh, the Diamondbacks in this game with regular extra innings rules that we were accustomed to, and get out of this COVID, you know, placed runner stuff, um, you know, things might have been different. But everybody's playing by the same rules. The Dodgers didn't win enough of those games, and they're paying the price right now by having to. Having to chase the Giants still with six to play. Yeah, right now we're talking to the radio and play, uh, TV play-by-play voice, Tim Neverett here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I'll tell you, Tim, I guarantee Mama Q is, is yelling at the radio right now because she's a diehard Giant fan. <laughs> so you know how that rivalry is. It's going deep. But, you know, I wanted to have you on to talk about the book. You're here in Las Vegas tonight. It's going to be exciting. You're at Las Vegas Ballpark. You're going to be doing a book signing, COVID Curveball. Uh, that's a document. It documents the 2020 World Series championship by the Dodgers. Just, I mean, that's a, that's a, what we went through in 2020 was something that we all hoped that we never experienced again. But what was that like trying to be the play-by-play voice, trying to, to, to follow this team and, and, and just do everything that you had to do, and it ends up on a World Series run, again, in a COVID year, which we had never heard of? Yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, I decided to write the book 
or at least to start journaling while we're in quarantine before we reconvene for the second version of spring training in July. So I had uh, tons of time with nothing to do because everybody was sitting around in you know, the months of April, May, June. <laughs> and so I uh, just kind of caught up from the first part of spring training when it was shut down in March. In fact, I was in Vegas when it was shut down. I was at the Pac-12 tournament at T-Mobile Arena. Mm. Um, and uh, we found out right after the uh, Colorado-Washington State game that they were going to shut everything down the next day, and then I got a call the next day telling me spring training was shut down and uh, go home. So right. um, so I started journaling things, and uh, I didn't really know you know, how much of a book it would turn out to be, but just the, all the weird things that went on, the differences, the strangeness of it, uh, the way that they played, you know, the fact that there were no fans, piped-in crowd, crowd noise and music, and... Uh, you know, cardboard cutouts, and we would see the backside of the cardboard cutouts. You guys never saw the backsides of them. Wow. You know, it looked like, looked like rows and rows of white tombstones because they're just <laughs> blank white things. Uh, really, I put a picture of it in the book so people could see and get, get some perspective. But, you know, we had so many protocols to follow and so much testing, and it was so different than any other season ever. And, and uh, you know, so I chronicled it, and, you know, lo and behold, they – they uh, they go and win the World Series, and uh, and so that that just kind of put a cherry on it. But because I was writing it in real time, I wrote it every day. Uh, about a week or so after the World Series was over, the manuscript was done, and uh, we shopped it. It took like like a day or two, I think, to get a publisher. So there was some interest in the story. And then we started to go to work on all the copy editing, and now we have the book. It was released at the end of August, and uh, I'm really happy that I'm able to go over to Las Vegas Ballpark tonight and, and sign for people. We'll have books available there. Um, and uh, you come out talk Dodgers. And for any Giants fans, they can see my World Series ring if they want. Um, <laughs> you know, things like that. So we'll have a lot of fun, talk some baseball, and uh, I'm sure we'll meet a lot of good people tonight. But, you know, they can come on out and get the book. and. I'll sign it, personalize it, whatever they want to do. You know, and, and Tim, it's it's kind of crazy that, you know, this book signing was actually supposed to be Sunday, but because of some COVID protocols and COVID things going on, you had to stay in L.A., so you're here a day later. But how fitting is it that it's a book that's I- impacted by COVID <laughs> and then your signing was impacted by COVID? Well, it's a very good observation because uh, I had to rearrange a bunch of stuff. I was working the uh, uh, Dodgers on TV on the schedule Friday and Saturday. And then Joe Davis, who, who does a lot of Fox games, was going to come back on Sunday. So I was going to drive over to Vegas yesterday morning. We had some other events planned as well. Uh, and uh, the only one we were able to resuscitate was, was this one, which I'm really happy about and, and able to go to Las Vegas ballpark tonight and, and, and do it with the Oklahoma City Dodgers in town. So they'll have, you know, there's going to be a lot of Dodger fans there anyway. Um, but yeah, so because we have two of our announcers right now in COVID protocol for another few more days, um, I was able to get here last night. I drove directly from Dodger Stadium to Channel Eight because I had something with Chris Matthews last night. Okay. And and uh, I mean, I went directly from the Dodger Stadium parking lot to Channel Eight parking lot. <laughs> nice, nice. And Grinding. and so I'm here here today. And then as soon as I get up in the morning, I got to drive back because I got the I have to work the series with the Padres on TV starting tomorrow night. So it's it's a busy time, but I definitely wanted to be here, and uh, definitely wanted to do this while the season was in progress. And uh, it, it should be a good night at the ballpark tonight. 
And Tim, in terms of the in, uh, in terms of the celebration, being one of the few people that's in close proximity to the players, it seemed like whether it was the Lakers or the Dodgers, it didn't seem like the celebration was any different. The fans might not have been there, and obviously that might have taken away from the experience. But it seems like the players enjoyed it just as much as if it had been a normal year. Well, I think in part, I think uh, immediately after the game ended in Game Six of the World Series, you know, they had their celebration. I think at that point, after you know a season and all the hype, and it, it was so difficult. I'll tell you what, and this is the truth: there should never even be a thought of an asterisk, and I'll tell you why. Going through that season, even though it was sixty games, was harder than any hundred and sixty-two game season I've ever been through. I believe it. Just in terms of of living and having to restrict everything you do. Uh, you know, I was away from my family. Uh, I could only go to the ballpark and and where I lived and the grocery store, pretty much. And, and, you know, you just, you know, you really, it was very difficult, you know, all the testing, the protocols. Every day you wake up and this COVID thing's hanging over your head. Does somebody have it? Are we going to finish the season? Which team is having cases now? When are we going to get it? And you're just sitting there, you know, and it was like that every day for everybody. Mm-hmm. So it was very, very difficult to get through, difficult to concentrate fully on what you'd normally concentrate on. But, you know, I give the players a lot of credit because when they got between the lines, it was, it was professional baseball at the highest level, and it was pretty good. But away from that, it was different. It was, you know, I mean, everywhere you went, hand sanitizers, masks, uh, you know, whatever protocols that uh, had to be followed, they were followed. The players were tested more often than we were, and we weren't even allowed to view them. Wow. Uh, we weren't allowed on the field, in the dugout, clubhouse, nothing. We're still not allowed in the clubhouse. I can get on the field because I'm vaccinated. Um, and I can talk to players on the field only uh, when they're home. But, of course, we're still broadcasting road games remotely, so, I do, so half the time I can't talk to anybody because we don't, we don't have any access to them. That's, still. Yeah, that's crazy. It, it, really, it really is. And, and, Tim, it's one of those things where you'll go back and, and you'll say, remember that year, remember that year, remember where you were when this happened. And, and like you said, when the whole – everything shut down you knew exactly where you were that's something that we'll do and that's something that you've chronicled in this book and you'll be doing the book signing 6 to 8 p.m at uh, las vegas ballpark correct correct when gates open at six uh be there on the concourse right near the team store or in the main concourse uh just come by say hi and also uh you can come out uh and register for a chance to get tickets i've got four tickets of my own personal tickets i'm giving away for uh, the saturday game at dodger stadium against the brewers so, you know, it could be a playoff preview. You never know. It could be an NLCS preview. There you go. You know what? What would be great about that is the fact that the Raiders play the Chargers on Monday. So mm-hmm. a Raider fan mm-hmm. could go tonight. They can register. They can win your tickets, go to that game, and then yep. smart. parlay that into the game on smart. Monday. See? Smart. Hey, Tim, we're working together here. <laughs> hey, that's a great idea. Like I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get half of that doubleheader started. I'm going to give away, you know, my four tickets for the game on the 2nd, October 2nd at Dodger Stadium. Nice. And uh, people can register, just, you know, just come up, say hi, talk some baseball, and, you know, pick up a book. and Get a uh, book. For you. It's going to be fun. Yep, Read, people. Be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Let me ask you this before we let you go. Uh, the Dodgers, they won the World Series in Arlington at the brand-new stadium for the Rangers. There were actually fans in attendance then. How different was that to have fans there when it was in the playoffs and the World Series run? I think it was a big deal because there hadn't been any the whole time, and I think there were only 11,000 or so mm-hmm. that were allowed to go in, and they were spread out into pods. Uh, but having actual live human beings making real live noise, 
was very different after 60-plus games without that. Right. <laughs> so the, 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 the players really liked it. And that only started in the uh, National League Championship Series uh, against the Braves and then continued into the World Series. So um, that, that was a good thing. Granted, the place wasn't you know, even close to capacity, but with real live human beings in the stands, the players were, were excited. Now you kind of expect it. And, you know, Dodger Stadium, you're getting about 50,000 fans a game, and it's, it's just, uh, you know, it's electric. And that has, that has come back, and that was definitely, definitely missed. In fact, uh, was it just before the road trip, I was having a conversation on the field with uh, the Dodgers manager, Dave Roberts, is about that very thing and how much he appreciates the fact that there are fans here and, there are fan, and the stadium can be full. He said there's nothing like a full Dodger Stadium. And he's absolutely right. That place is uh, that place is crazy. It's fun. Absolutely. Well, Tim, uh, great stuff. We definitely appreciate you joining us on the show. Have fun tonight at Las Vegas Ballpark. Uh, a lot of folks were encouraging him to go on out there, get the book, get it autographed, and, and have an opportunity to win those tickets to go see the Dodgers and the Padres. Why not, man? Tim, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Anytime you need anything, let me know. All right. Will do. Good stuff right there. Tim Neverett, uh, the play-by-play voice on radio and TV for the Dodgers, and man, I'm telling you, Zachariah, the, the hate is real when it comes to the Dodgers and Giants, boy. I'm telling you, you just mentioned Dodgers and Giants in the same conversation. It's like, poof. Oh, my buddy just texted me. He said, <laughs> tell Tim he can blankety-blank blank. <laughs> See? Uh, obviously, I wasn't going to say that to right, Tim. Right, right. But he's a hardcore Giants fan. Yeah. The that's that's what it is. Giants, yeah. Giants, Raider, uh, uh, Giants-Dodgers is like what for Raiders, right? It, it, Raiders it, Chiefs? Chiefs number one? I was, I, is I, that over? I would, I would say it's a poll up. I would, that's that's chi- a good is one. Is it Chiefs that's Chargers? That's a good poll. That's a good uh, poll. Yeah. Because it would be, I mean, there's. I feel like the Raiders have so much beef with so. I mean, the AFC West in general, but the Chiefs, Chiefs Chargers, Broncos. I feel like I feel like I get more hatred for the Broncos than I do for the Chiefs. I can or the see Chargers. that. I can see that. Especially, I think Chargers is last, right? Yeah, I would think. So. We can I think, agree I think, on that. I think everyone just disrespects the Chargers and is like, oh, the hell with them because yeah, the yeah, fan yeah, base doesn't show up. San Diego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fan base doesn't show up. <laughs> yeah, so we that's, take over. We take over that stadium. Right. That's part what of it. Do. My yeah, guy, uh, S. Jonas said. Uh, Tim never. Oh, he tweeted at me and Tim. <laughs> it said Lakers and Dodgers deserve plastic rings made in China for COVID championships. Totally, leave Tim alone. Totally asterisk season. Don't at Tim on Twitter. <laughs> leave Tim alone. He wrote a book. Go get the book. No, yeah. but it, it, it is crazy because I mean, talk about unprecedented. I mean, literally, unless there's some uh, thing that that th- there was an outbreak that I don't know about. All these announcers went through things that no right. other announcers before right. them ever went through. I exactly. mean, it must have been crazy, like just having to do your normal job right. under crazy circumstances. Like you said, you don't know who's going to have it, who's going to be positive, what's going to pop up next. You got to be isolated from your family, all that jazz. And so. you don't, you don't. I mean, half the road games, these guys weren't even on. Yeah, they were broadcasting from a studio at the house. <laughs> yeah, or something, yeah, you know, like yeah, I mean, I I know I know guys that uh, I worked with back in Texas, uh, like the voice of the the Baylor Bears, John Morris. He told me he's like, man, a lot of these games I'm broadcasting from the house, and it's just trying to watch a basketball game and try it's to crazy. Yeah, it's just yeah. It, it's not the same. You appreciate what these guys do, of course, when they when, when when they have to go through a season like that, and then you realize, man, it, it's yeah. it, they, I've been really uh, blessed with what I've been hearing. So. I mean, tons of people I'm sure in all walks of life could write stories about the pandemic yes. and how it affected them and you know but especially the sports thing like yep. you got to be there seeing the players talking to the coaches being on the field being able to see everything yep. but you know to do that from your house that's like just any old normal joe watching it from their crib on the tv you know yeah yep. at that point you're reduced to that so yeah i'm, I'm sure the book is going to be really interesting i'll tell you this man i know just covering the sports that i covered 
through a, through a pandemic, uh-huh. having to do Zoom calls instead of after the game being able to go and, and oh, sit and the there with delays. Players. Yeah, the and, delays are the worst. Right, and all, I mean just all the sports shows because they're not they're not next to each other. They like, next me to each and other. you were right next to each other. Exactly. If I was on Zoom right now, I'd be waiting. Oh, do I yes. Go? Do I go? Oh, that oh, was oh. terrible. Yeah. Then having to, like I said, just get on a, a Zoom call or a mm-hmm. conference call for a post game, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just you don't get the same the access, same yeah, you yeah. know. It's it's yeah. and it's still not 100 percent back. Even Radio Row last year for the Super Bowl was really strange. They had tables and it was just like a little round table, and then you were on a Zoom call with your guests instead of the guests sitting in that's front of you, which yeah. is ridiculous yeah. for Radio Row. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a beautiful thing about the about the Super Bowl and and the events leading up to it, and you just didn't have it. So hopefully this year in SoFi Stadium in LA, it's a lot different. I plan on Raider Nation Radio and ESPN Las Vegas and Fox Sports Las Vegas. I plan us all to be there, but don't want to go there for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know? In, in person goes a long way, and it's not just the annoying technical difficulty stuff. Right. It's also just the in person. You gain a lot. Like, you know, when I was doing A's pre- and post-game stuff, yeah. when I would go, you know, for, for home games, and I would go there, and I would meet with the broadcasters, and I would talk to the players, and I would talk to Bob Melvin. It's the stuff on the side. It's stuff that m- might not even be on the record, you know. It's like yep. the insight that you can get that you can't get through Zoom. No, you can't. You can't. <laughs> Zoom, Zoom ain't getting you there. Zachariah, you can ask your question now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it was, you know. Yeah. It was, that's yeah. what it was. Q, go ahead and ask your question. Yeah. And then you want to follow up, and it's like, oh, oh Jeff, you asked your question now. <laughs> yeah. Demond, you asked your question. Demond's like, I just want you to wrap this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Yeah, Demond's like, oh, you guys are wearing my nerves today. <laughs> we appreciate you, Demond. You didn't know that, right? Yeah, you got like uh, two more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he don't give a damn. He does not care. Well, come on by. Raider Nation, come on by. Anyone who is listening, come on by and hang out. We're at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge. You can start to hear the sounds of NFL football going on in the background as we prepare. Uh, All of the fine TV techs are working around the clock right now to make sure everything is good to go at kickoff, and that's what it's going to be, the Cowboys and Eagles. 515 is the kickoff. I'll be here uh, hanging out, so definitely come on by. we got a bunch of prizes to give out, including the best seat in the house. Got a couple folks hanging out ready for the game, and uh, they might be uh, munching away on some some four-pack of nachos and some different buckets of beverages and anything that we can hook them up with we're going to get you hooked up with so come on by hang out again the underground lounge will be here uh, for quite a while as Monday night football gets kicked off cowboys and eagles 354 is the time coming up next my guy Vinny Bonsignor is going to go in the huddle he was there at the practice facility today when John Gruden met with the media so he'll have his thoughts on what he heard also a little uh, roster update real quick Trey Regas was waived there's probably a potential that he can be put back onto the practice squad, but uh, Jalen Richard sounds like he may get ready to practice this week for the Silver and Black, so I'm sure Vinny will have all things to do with that and keep you up to date on all that. Until then, uh, I'll check back in probably in about 20, 25 minutes with you to let you know how it's going here at the Oreo, but I'm going to pass the sticks on. Zachariah, thanks for being here hey, with us, my Hey, my pleasure, man. Nice to be here. We're going to have to do this more often. We're gonna 3 and to 0, Pippen. There you go. Hey, 3 man, and 0, Pippen. If they keep on winning, we're going to have to have you back every week. <laughs> ah, I know. I'm, I'm the good luck charm. There it is. <laughs> Mark Davis, holler at me. There it is. That's exactly right. <laughs> yep. So uh, we're going to pass the sticks on to Vinny. In the huddles coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. I'm going to be hanging out here. Holler at your boy. This is how we get down each and every Monday night. The Oyo Hotel and Casino, the Underground Lounge, the Raider Nation Radio, 920.